I've got five words that are going to date this podcast. Five words? Five words. Five words. I've just had cake and I'm That's some interesting stuff. So you've, you've got five words that are going to date the podcast. Yes. Something about Wordle? What's your opening Wordle? Now you see, Mark, my opening Wordle changes every time. How? Why? Today it was night, no N-I-G-H-T. Yesterday it was tired, T-I-R-E-D. Do you think there's a theme mounting there? <laughs> but you have like a proper, you've got a thing, haven't you? You've got an opening word that gets you straight into the wordle. Yeah, steam. Steam. Because... E17 fans will know what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to You're not. You, 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 you weren't even going to acknowledge it, were you? No. 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 Go on then. Because it's got S T M E N A, which is one of the most common. I get the point. I've, I mean, all these articles now that are online going, what's the best wordle opening word? Never clicked on any of them. I've got the best wordle opening word. Wouldn't it be interesting to look at that then and see whether your opening word is on the list of the best opening words? I, would I don't be, care. That's what I would really want to know. No, because mine is the best. Okay. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. That's fine. Good. I'm, ple- I'm pleased you've got on the wordle. Uh, train that everyone else has. I, I think by the time this goes out, it'll probably be over. Well, now the New York Times has bought Wordle, people are getting a little bit like, eh, it's over, isn't it now? Paid a million quid for something with absolutely no IP associated with Brilliant. it. Brilliant. I mean, there, I mean there, don't, don't take me down the IP route because <laughs> there's I, there, of course there's IP in it, um, says the IP lawyer. But let's, yeah. So look, I'm even rubbing my face and just rolling my eyes at the fact that I've even sort of brought that up. But yeah, the, it was a brilliant concept that this guy made to keep his, I think it was his partner, busy during lockdown. Like, give us something to do during lockdown, like a fun thing. And I just think it's nice that he's made his money from oh, it. Yeah. Because people have got a great deal of enjoyment. I mean, look at you thinking of your word, your opening word, and having conversations with me about that. Isn't it great that he's been able to make some money out of it? I hope he uses it, like, to further his career and his life and and forever he will be the wordle man i hope he uses it to go to vegas and uh, double it <laughs> honey you can't just imprint your wants and needs on, on other people who have created like a brilliant thing stick it all on red <laughs> why red because it's not gonna be black is it well black is a five letter word that you could use for your wordle just wait till black comes up four times in a row and then put it on red it's bound to be red after that should we talk about Italian film? Let's move on quickly. Yes. Watching television, watching television. So what have we got this week? We've, it's been a little while since we've done a main show, as we tend to call this, TV and film show. Yeah, before we go on. Oh, right, sorry. Have I moved on too quickly? No, no. I'm a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of telly that's out at the minute. Okay. Like, I've okay. missed a lot yeah. of really, really interesting you shows. Have, yeah. Just because there's so much out there. Like, I've got Starstruck to watch. I've mm. got Afterlife to watch. I've got, um, oh, God, I've got, I've did, never even watched the last season of The Expanse just because I got to it. And after. That's not like you. Yeah, I just feel a little bit overwhelmed with it all. Mm. And I've seen things that you haven't, and that's very rare, unless it's like a true crime documentary that you don't <laughs> care about. But things that you would have watched, sort of like flagship BBC dramas, maybe not the ITV ones I'm thinking of. But, you know, things... I mean, I've watched more of Afterlife than you have, because I've been watching it when I've been on the treadmill. So I've been like doing the half an hour, 15 minutes of it, and I've never even seen... The, the earlier series, I just oh, so you're watching it. it at yeah, 
season three? Yeah, I yeah. am. Oh, why? I, know, I don't. I just people said it was good. You said it was good, and then I just thought I'd try a bit. This is this is the weird thing about you. Yes. You won't watch it when I say it's good for you. That's right. You'll watch it. I mean. The thing that I've been watching, and this ties in perfectly, okay. is the thing that I've said you would really enjoy, uh, which you refuse to watch, which is Ted Lasser. Yes, yes. And we'll be talking about that on the pod today, aren't we? Because it's in our list. So I might as well go into this. Okay, so we're covering Ted Lasso, Yellow Jackets, and the Book of Boba Fett. Well, the, we're tying up the Book of Boba Fett, aren't we? Because we, we, we talked about it in an early episode, but we're uh, now, now that it's ended, yes. we're going to come back to it. Yeah. So you want to start with Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso would be my second best show of last year had I watched had I finished it by the time we did our countdown. Oh, okay, so you you yeah, it just wasn't there, was it? Well, it wasn't there because I'd not finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now finished season two. This would be above. It's a sin. It's really pushing Succession high. What? It is how? Well, well, for someone who's not watched a second of it, you sound quite oh, indignant about this. I have seen a second of it. I walk through the living room and I see it on in the background. The little man with his football and shame from Game of Thrones on in the background as well. <laughs> this isn't really... So, for anyone who's never seen Ted Lasso, and it's on Apple TV+, and I think it's become their breakout hit. Um, certainly the thing that a long time people... No one spoke about anything on Apple TV+. And that people do... I, I completely get what you say, but people really talk about Ted Lasso. Like it's become a cultural phenomenon of which I am not involved. Yeah. So, the, do you know what the... Basic. It's American bloke football. That's the the thing I've, that's the thing I've picked up. So he's an American. Yes. He's come over to like run. Uh, I'm going to use the American soccer team, football team. Okay, we'll there start. You go. So episode season one, episode one. Hannah Waddingham. Um, yes, from Game of Thrones, from Sex Education. Oh yes, she's in that. Yeah. Um, has just gone through a very bitter divorce, a very public divorce, and has got her ex, her flandering ex-husband's favourite football team in the divorce. Okay, so sorry, she's she's got a football team in the divorce package. Yeah, so he was the owner, but as part of this, she has taken the control of the club off from him. Okay, right. As part of the divorce. And it's learned quite early. She sacks the manager and appoints... Ted Lasso, who is an American football coach in every sense of the word. He is plays Super Bowl-like type football rather than soccer. And he is an amateur manager who's gone viral because he's of his like winning routines and stuff like that. He's gone viral on YouTube. Okay. So You're not selling this to me. Carry on. Look carry so. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. So she appoints him as manager. And it's t- it's this isn't a spoiler because it's revealed in episode one. She's doing it to spite her ex-husband because she thinks he's going to take the team down. Or yes, yeah, right, okay. For any, I think for any lesser show, that would be kind of the plot for the entire first season. But the thing about Ted Lasso is, he is charming. He is nice. He is sometimes incompetent, but brings the best out of the people around him just by being a nice person. Hannah Waddingham, Rebecca in the show, is not played as a big baddie. She's, it's, what I find unique about this is she's played as someone who her ex-husband has cheated on her. So she's massively insecure. And anyone who knows Hannah Waddingham, she's a stunningly beautiful woman. But when your ex-husband is going off with 
20 year old um girls then it's easy to like feel insecure around that these are such well-drawn characters from start to finish like you really care about these people Nick Mohammed of Jurassic Park it's a yes. massive park with him plays the kit man who's shy and timid it's Jurassic Park it's a massive park what can possibly go wrong um Brett Goldstein plays one of the players who is a like an aging legend of Chelsea who has now moved on at the end of his career to play for Richmond. I mean, they might as well, they must have considered calling him Terry John because... Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah. Sorry. I, I understand that reference. <laughs> yeah. He played it a little bit broad for me at first, but by the end of it, I am like welling up at his actions by the end of the season. The... The real heart of the show um, comes from Juna Temple, who is a star of our relationship because every time she comes up, you try and tell me that her father is Julian <laughs> Cope, not Julian Temple. Just all the time. I just, it's something, it's stuck and it won't change. Like when she was in um, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, Wrong Dark one. Knight Rises. Yeah, the Dark Knight Rises. And I spent. The, the next sort of 10 years telling you that, oh, do you know where her dad is? Yeah. Do you, know her da- do you know where her dad is? It's like, was that my fun fact about the film? Oh, it's Anne Hathaway, but do you know who her dad is? Anne Hathaway's and mate. every time you pick the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, wrong every and time. And also when Teardrop Explodes or Julian Cope mm. appears on Top of the Pops, yeah. you go, do you know who his daughter is? And I'm like, I know who you think it is. <laughs> but she plays this... She's been a glamour model at the beginning of the at the like it at the beginning of the two thousands. She's now um, getting on a bit, but still <laughs> we all? still dating footballers who are younger than her. Maybe not that. Um, but she's never played that's been like a bimbo, which I think would be the easy stereotype. She's becomes like the it brand consultant. The 90s, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, second series. I mean, this starts off kind of as a comedy, but I think the comedy on the surface of it is. It's just bang average, but it's the characters of everything that pulls it through. By the second season, they are under no pretense that this is a comedy. This is a this is a slice of life drama that could be about anything. Being about football is just completely, completely incidental, and it's just a way of moving the plot along. Um, and it's just about these characters developing the slow build storylines. Because I'm behind on this. I was spoiled on a few things, which I was a bit annoyed about, but you get to see the seeds that they build in season one. There is, there's a relationship that happens in season two, and I heard some people sort of moan that it came out of nowhere, but having watched season one with these names in my head, you can see them building up from just looks and glances that this is far better than I think you think this show is. Yes, it clearly is. And I absolutely love it. Good. Um, well, I'd look, as we always say, I mean, mm. well, the majority of the time we say, I'm pleased for you. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad it's a thing you like. And in it four years, you can start on season four, just out of the blue. I might just be walking on the treadmill and come in and go... It's like this really good show. It's got um, Julian Cope's daughter in. <laughs> Why do that just to spite you, actually? And I'll, I'll set a timer. Yeah. If you're not watching this, um, it's on Apple TV Plus, like I say, and I think they give away like a year's worth of Apple TV Plus when you buy an iPhone or something like that. Yeah, Might be three months now. It's certainly that was the launch oh, thing. It, yeah. um, it's such a good show, and I like you will fall in love with at least 
a dozen characters in this. Um, even the people who seem to be dickheads at first, like, you're shown why. It's got really good supporting cast as well. Sort of Anthony Head plays the ex-husband. Um, just in a massive, massive dickhead role for him. He's having a lot of fun, like, just flirting with uh, younger girls in it and stuff like that and showing off his bad side. Um, there's little characters that pop in and out, um, like Rebecca's best friend, who is, I think for anything else, any any lesser show would just be sort of a love interest for Ted. But they, you know, they meet up, they hook up, and then she's just in there in the background and, you know, she likes him, he likes her. I could talk all day about this show. I'm laughing because you see we've gone into a second round of review. Yeah. We, we came to a review conclusion. We were about to move on to Yellow Jackets and then you've gone off on another one. Yeah. But yeah, okay, okay, I get the point. Yeah. You recommend it to everyone. I recommend it to everyone. I don't recommend it to you because if I recommend it to you, you won't watch it. That's right. So I need to stop talking about <laughs> it for two years and then maybe you'll come up back one day and go, actually, yeah. yeah actually, it was crap, yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Shall we go on to Yellow Jackets? Let's do Yellow Jackets. I'm excited to do Yellow Jackets. Where no. did this come from? Can you remember how we found out about this? Did we find out on like... I have vague recollections of hearing about it on other TV podcasts. A lot of American podcasts talk about this exclusively. Mm. I've never... I don't know anyone else who's watching this. No, neither do I. Which is a real shame. This is a Showtime TV show. Um, it's all on the Skybox sets now. Um, it's it you know It's been and gone. The finale's out there. Um, and we're just that. We're two episodes we're in two now. Episodes I'm in. amazed you're more, only two episodes in. Mm, I will come on to that in a minute. Oh. You, you carry on your um, your preamble and set the scene of, of what Yellow Jackets is. So Yellow Jackets is a story of a high school football soccer team. They've got a theme today. Mm. Uh, who a female soccer team in the mid nineties, who we learn very early on, are stranded in a plane crash mm. uh, on the way to the national finals. We see shit has gone down as part of this, and we we know that they are rescued after eighteen months, and we are seeing two storylines very much like um, what was the show that was over three summers last year? Oh, cruel summer! Cruel summer! Yeah, I thought you were about to reference that. It is slightly different in that yeah. the the timing of cruel summer is like three consecutive years, isn't it? Yes. Whereas here in Yellow Jackets, we've got people in high school yeah. and then you jump to them in their I would say late 30s early 40s yeah so it's, it's modern times I felt they were more sort of our age rather yeah. than any younger they've got grown up children mm. That yeah so they are high school kids in what and they are parents in another that sort of thing yeah. exactly yeah that's that's perfect so I love this yeah it's interesting isn't it it's, it's fascinating the pilot caught me and like you say this would be exactly the sort of thing that I would typically watch without you when you were sort of out one day or on an evening or when I had a little bit of time to sort of just like you like or being you know we talk about the treadmill a lot be on the treadmill watch a little mm. bit of it for 15 minutes that sort of stuff I feel this is a show that really will not benefit me or anyone else from watching episode after episode after episode. I think it would absolutely spoil it. Yeah. There's so much that goes on within an episode with these two timelines, with you having to work out who the people are and where they all function in terms of the story. Yes. 
the central mystery of what happened in that forest after the plane crashed and also the uh, there's a there's another mystery going on in present day as to people perhaps knowing what might have gone on and trying to expose it. Yeah. So you've got all of that going on, and I don't think that gives anything away because there's just so much to mm. it. And I just don't think that this suits that you know, this binge watching idea. I think it would really spoil it. So that's why when you said, okay. oh, you're surprised that I haven't gone for it. I think Cruel Summer, I could have, I think it was so, more throwaway. Yeah. This has a lot more to say. It also has some really um, strong horror elements. I felt that there were, there's comedy there, but it's very, very dark. It's sinister. and But there's there's more gore and horror than I expected, but I love it. And I love the focus on women. You know, this is the girls' football team. Oh, yeah. You've got huge levels of diversity, as you would have in high school, in terms of race, in terms of sexuality, in terms of where people are coming from in their backgrounds. You've got this lovely melting pot of girls in high school that are competitive, that are best mates, that hate each other, love each other. Yeah. All of that going on. And the casting is just... I know you've talked about casting for Ted Lasso. I think the casting for this, in terms of having to have the younger cast... um, meld lovingly in with the older cast you know who the people are in both timelines and you just get it straight away i mean the character shauna who is probably the lead character if anything but uh, yes i it's who we're following the most i think i cannot believe that that is not her daughter Mm. because she looks identical she looks just like an older version of her it's like it's almost like because at the beginning i was like have they de-aged her i'm like no they can't i mean i know technology is great but they can't like shrink her entire body and move her entire limbs and you know that's it's yeah yeah, i mean it's got such a great cast i mean juliette lewis christina ricci yeah um melanie linsky who i've not seen in something for a long long time she's shauna adult Shauna. Is she um from New Zealand? I heard somewhere or I read somewhere that she's from New Zealand, which really surprised me because the accents are, are super. That would make sense. Right. I know her from like a. Is it Heavenly Creatures with Kate oh, Winslet? With Kate Winslet. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense because yeah, okay, right, mm. yes, I think she is then. But yeah, um, such it's, good performances it's very, and then very the, good. the teenage cast is so good as well yeah. like just how would they have managed to uh, they must have cast the adult cast first and then worked backwards I, I imagine because mm. you don't sort of cast yeah, Christina Ricci and team. then go backwards mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's <sighs> yeah it, it, it's very dark I think that's yeah. what I really enjoy about it this is not a light light fair of Oh, you know, you remember those films from the 90s? I'm just cutting in on myself there. Remember those films from the 90s where it was um, teenage um, or young teens and then you'd have the flashback. And I'm sure there was one called like Then and Now or something like that. Like, yeah, those those sorts. Of, I think there was a run of them in the 90s where there were these sorts of... I have no idea what you're talking like, about. Yeah, I think it was... It was aimed at people like me who were like maybe like 13, that sort of time. But there is one, I'm sure like Rosie O'Donnell was in it or something like that. I'm sure there's one like that. And it was the Are same Are you thinking sort of, of the Flintstones? No. It was the same concept of this is what happened to us as, as kids and here we are now as adults and 
you know that that kind of thing and like that, titanic where yeah. you see the <laughs> so you know you you might go into this thinking of that that's the concept but it's so dark it's so dark and sinister the gore the horror there are things that i can't go into for plot spoilers but there are there are scenes of real violence and Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there are <gasps> moments. Yeah, there's kind of like, can they really show this? How it's about, it's the teenage girls bit that you just kind of go, oh okay. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. I think I thought episode two slowed down somewhat. I thought the pilot was a brilliant pilot in terms of capturing your imagination and wanting yes. to know what happened next. Episode two, we it was a little bit more plot heavy. We learned a little bit more about what was going on, and there seems to be almost like uh, maybe a road trip about to happen or people are going to go on a journey and we're going to see where the clues take that sort of thing yeah fine yeah i'm interested to get on to episode three i know there's been a lot of talk about the finale and at the time people were talking you know what happened so yeah i want to get there but i don't want to rush it if that makes sense mark absolutely i've just found uh, then and now That's on it. Uh, no sorry now and then was that, now was and that then right? yes I'm not making it up yeah stars Rosie O'Donnell Demi Moore Christina Ricci oh is it is she one of the girls yes yeah yeah See, also, this, is where, this is all going in my mind my mind something something has happened there to put it all together never heard never anyway, seen this at all before re- recommendation yeah. for both of us I think absolutely especially if you like you know if you're I mean I'm kind of rolling my eyes when I'm saying this but if you like the sort of mystery tv shows like lost this is not lost everyone brings up lost i feel like i've let I mean, the a plane down crash for, and, a yeah, and a mysterious shit going on yeah yeah but if you like that sort of stuff which we do yeah this is this is something that benefits from theorizing mm. i kind of wish that well, i was watching it week on week yeah and sort of seeing it yeah and people. like listen to a podcast where yeah yeah where they were theorizing and stuff yeah. like that but yeah um i think that's about right with Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Oh no, you can hear the you can hear the tone of voice. Yoda. You seek Yoda. Hi everyone, it's just Elaine popping up to say big spoiler warning for the book of Boba Fett. Mark and I go into major major spoilers. So if you haven't seen the whole of the book of Boba Fett, you might want to skip this part. Patience! So we were very negative on Boba Fett when we, we first started. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we said we were gonna carry on watching it just out of habit. See earlier episode. I saw a brilliant tweet about Boba Fett from the same person who does the Smash Pod podcast, where he says Boba Fett, the first show that got bored with itself and changed channels. Mm. I saw that. I think it went viral, didn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. And it's it's true. Yeah. It it just loses faith in itself and becomes season two A of the Mandalorian. Mm. Agreed. But I, I mean, you're saying this like, uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it? yeah, it did. But those those episodes were kick ass. Oh, those episodes were brilliant. Um, in a, but in the wrong TV show, it should have been the Mandalorian TV show, not the Book of Boba Fett. I don't understand why you'd stick two Mandalorian episodes in the middle of the Book of. It's meant to be the Book of Boba Fett. So, it, but surely good TV is good TV, and you know, like. I'm, I'm I happier. It it. I think it negates it. But aren't you just happier watching like entertaining TV than finishing off the season yeah, just, with? Yeah, because because I we watched the whole of that show, learn about you know the Tuscan Raiders and 
him trying to put his crime family together. And then the show got, like, you know, the tweet got bored of itself and went, oh, I don't really care about this anymore. I'm just going to go off to this character we, we like much better, with better direction, particularly from, um, oh, what's her name? Bryce Rich- Dallas Howard. Richie's daughter. <laughs> Richie Richie's Cunningham's daughter. daughter. Richie Cunningham's I think that's how she wants to be that's known. That's how she would love to be known. Um, yes, Bryce Dallas Howard, who is, you could see the just the direction of, um, I don't know if she did both of those episodes, but certainly the first one just shot up in, in the air um, and increased in, in value and everything. So the, the fine that that happened, I just, I, I find it frustrating that you're watching a show about Boba Fett, but you're not really. And also the storytelling, Helen O'Hara goes on about this on the Empire podcast and she doesn't need me to tell her this, but she's absolutely blooming right. The storytelling is just appalling. Nothing matches. He gets that animal that I don't know the name of. It's the Rancor. The Rancor. The Rancor, yeah. right? Early on with Danny Trejo. And it's set up because the Fet... Is it? Not the Fet. The, um, the Hut yes. twins come along and give it to him as a gift, right? And there's all this little knowing looks between Danny Trejo... And the rancor, like, oh, 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 you know, all of this sort of, oh, yeah, you know, where if he, if he tried, you know, well, it, it, it's clearly like meant to be a ruse. It's meaning, like, oh, we've given you this as a gift, but it's going to eat you sort of thing. Or it's going to wear really its, um, its owners. All of that is set up in those looks. And then also Boba Fett's going on about, oh, I really want to ride him. And then at the end, he just appears riding him. That's it. There's, there's no connection, but you don't see him trying and failing. You don't see any sort of this imprinting that they're talking about where, oh, you have to, you know, get to know the rancor and then it trusts you. And no, that happens. He just arrives on it. It just makes no sense. All I can give you a list of things that just from a storytelling perspective do not connect. And I found myself so frustrated going, oh, that doesn't even match. That Has someone just not looked at the earlier script? Have they just forgotten that that's happened and they're just going to write something new? So I just found it even more frustrating that they then shoved a whole two episodes of The Mandalorian in there. I, I find that quite puzzling that you... I think it... it I don't know whether it was whether they realised that what they were doing mm. wasn't captivating yeah. or and just changed the ideas or... I, I don't it's know. like they lost faith in it, but that's such a weird... Th- Do you know, it wasn't like episodes were put out and then they heard that people didn't like it. Yeah, but... Like, the last three episodes were a significant improvement on the previous. I just... I agree, but I don't think that makes it a good season. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I totally show. agree. I totally I agree. Think were, obviously, they were the highlights of it. Mm. It was just a shame that that wasn't just the Mandalorian season. Is it season two or season three? It, it would, season three is coming it up. Would, We've had season been, two. Right, okay. yeah. I couldn't remember. But but I, I hate, I'm not majorly invested in this. It's not my scene. It's a half hour show that we stick on. I enjoy the Mandalorian, but I do, I'm not raging to see season three i can't even tell you which the season which season it is you know I'm like, oh, it's season three. so it's fine um yeah it's fine the effects for luke skywalker were good though weren't they <laughs> yes yeah, they were they were very good oh you just you're just gonna brush that off as yeah they were all right yeah no, i'm not i'm not saying that at all you're completely misrepresenting what 
episodes that they showed of the Mandalorian were really, really good. They were well directed. The effects were great. The, the return of Baby Yoda, everybody loved them. You know, it's just lovely scenes and very moving. All of that brilliant, but not if, if you look at the the season, the book of Boba Fett as a whole, that didn't work. Those those episodes worked, but they didn't belong there. That's what I'm saying. I'm not completely getting rid of any positivity about those episodes. I'm saying that as an arc, as a story, it didn't work. Oh, yeah, so I understand what you're saying. I, I, I thought that them two episodes were kick-ass, and I really thought the, the final episode was kick-ass well, as well. Well, it was the most action in yeah. the entire thing, and that's what we were all waiting for. I mean, he's meant to be this bounty hunty assassin, the, the greatest... Th- I mean, like, I know he's only in... Is it... Which one is he in? Is he in... This is how much I know about Star Wars. Is it um, Empire Strikes Back? Or he's in Empire Strikes Back. Okay. He, he captures... Um, Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back, and then he is in the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Okay, yes, with the with the pit dies in a in a pratfall. Yeah, but, do, but doesn't die oh, but apparently. Doesn't, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know, like, there's a mythos around him, isn't it? And people, it was like his yeah, because he was silent and, and didn't wear yeah. a mask. And, yeah. uh, sorry, <laughs> didn't, didn't mask, reveal his yeah. face, and yeah, he looked yeah. kick-ass. And yeah. now he's like, and now he's hanging like, around with Tuscan Raiders, an and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a, a disappointment. It was me. a disappointment. Yeah, it was a disappointment. I can't deny that. But, you know, it was a nice preview of Justified, the Justified movie <laughs> when <laughs> Timothy Oliphant turns up as a marshal who's a really quick shot. Oh, don't roll your eyes. I'm rolling my eyes because, again, the storytelling was really poor with that. I mean, characters just rocked up that we're all were meant to know. And I know a lot of people got very excited about those characters because they did know them. But for your average viewer, I think this was quite alienating. No, no, no I don't. So we're talking about the character, the the bit, the big bad that was yeah, revealed. And right I, I mean, at the end. I couldn't even tell you what the what the name was again now. But Cobb Vance or something, something like that. Or was that the other fellow? But I don't, don't need to. It it didn't matter to me that I didn't know who he was. I remember saying, turning to you and going, "Do we want to know that oh, is?" Yeah. yeah, but and it was obviously. I don't think it hindered the fact. I think it was just a late. A late development that's come in, um, in the same way that, like the baddie in the the first series of the Mandalorian, um, jo- is it Joss Ackland or no? It's I think Joss Ackland's dead. Joss so. Ackland is in uh, the Mighty Ducks. Oh right, it's I think Joss Ackland may have played one of the Hen- Werner Herzog. Hen- oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, it's Scandinavian, right yeah. But he was at the beginning. Yeah, you're he's right, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. You're I think right. we might have to agree to disagree on this yeah, one because I think we yeah. go round and round in circles mm. in a bad storytelling sort of way, much yeah. like this show. <laughs> but look, uh, it was a disappointment. Yeah, I think it, it was less of a disappointment by the end for me than it would have done it, otherwise. Oh, it certainly had a, a rise yeah. at the end. Yeah, I mean, none of that is to do with Boba Fett. No, exactly. That's um, my point. Yeah, that's okay, my point. That's, yeah. Okay, so. I think we're agreeing, but I think you're. I think I'm happy to sort of let it go with what it did, whereas you are I'm just, just hanging on. Yeah, you're just hanging on to the disappointment of Sonic. Quite happy to hang yeah. on to it. Okay, so that's all we've got for TV. Shall we move on to the film that we have both seen, which is very exciting? So regular listeners will know that sometimes you watch a film, sometimes I watch a film. 
and sometimes we don't get to see the same <laughs> film at the same time or even at different times. So we've we've both both been to see Belfast. So we'll uh, we'll move on to that. Before we start on Belfast, mm-hmm. could we just touch upon the Oscar nominations? Well, yeah, it fits, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, Belfast is Oscar nominated for Best Picture, among a number of other things. Uh, Did Brana get Best Director? Should we, should we wait until okay. we... Okay. Yeah, <laughs> until we get there. Carry on, Mark. Yeah. So, under Best Film, um, I have been trying to catch up with a lot of the Best Picture films. Um, and You I, love doing that every year, just yeah. for anyone who hasn't listened to to us before and also to remind myself as someone who lives with you you do this every year so you you want to make sure that you've seen the best picture nominees yeah i'm gonna struggle this year because nightmare alley appears to have left cinemas and yeah. i don't know where it's going to appear it might appear on, yeah, on the i've just looked at the telly yeah it looks at the telly yeah but yeah i will i will be catching up on stuff um licorice pizza was a film that i saw about a month ago and it's not been covered on any of the podcasts but i just want to touch on it quickly mm-hmm. I don't get this film. Oh, um, so all I know about it, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. And the word on the street that I was hearing was it was like an almost famous-esque drama. I mean, that is definitely what it comes from. Which I was like, oh, nice. And the trailer sort of lent it to... Is it 70s based? It seemed period. Yeah, it's 1973 it's based in. Okay. Um, It's the story of Cooper Hoffman, who is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah. as a charismatic 15-year-old, develops a friendship with uh, Alana Haim, who is in her mid-twenties. And Alana Haim of um, Haim. Yes. Alana, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, all three of the Haim sisters are in this. They play oh, their okay. sisters. Right, and I think, okay. the, I think their dad plays... Um, I think the dad, the mum and dad actually play her. Uh, yeah. This is a perfectly fine film. <laughs> I don't Uh-oh. understand why this is Oscar nominated. Well, for a start, like a fifteen-year-old, like hanging around with a twenty-five-year-old, is mm. I found this really uncomfortable. Yeah. There are moments in this film where I was, if this was the other way around, yeah. this would be incredibly predatory. Yeah, and I, I feel uncomfortable with it, and. A lot of this feels like a 15-year-old boy's fantasy. Right. Um, that someone's just written down. And there is clearly something that I'm missing because it's got five-star reviews. Uh, Empire gave it a five-star review. I think it's got an Oscar. Oh, so it's got the Oscar yeah, Best yeah. Picture nomination. But to me, it just felt like a grown-up version of Saved by the Bell. Um, and... I love Saved by the Bell, unironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, enterprising, slightly sociopathic 15-year-old. Um, it, oh, oh, look, it's uh, Mark Paul Gosselaar. Yeah, 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 it's Zach Morris. Um, but I just, it's very episodic, um, even within the confines of the film. Like, they go on from, like, little adventure to little adventure, with very little, like, consistency of storytelling. Like, there's not really a narrative thread. They go on from, like, opening up a shop doing something to going doing something else or they get an adventure. And people pop in and out of it. So Bradley Cooper is someone who's been really, really lauded for his performance in this. But he's hardly in it. Like, he's, he's in it for, like, three or four minutes, really. Um, oh, he's doing the uh, Dame yeah, Judy Dench. Judy Dench, uh, yeah, absolutely. 
Sean Penn's in it like a little oh, bit, right. but oh, really? but not a long time. Like yeah, um, Tom Waits is in it for a little bit, but it's it's never like he's he's Tom Waits. He's just he's just in it in the background. Um, the most fun bit of this is I was like, who's that? And it's a mother, and it's the waitress from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. Which you've never seen. No, that's no. why I've just got. Oh. That's another thing that I've got to watch. It's always sunny in Philadelphia has come out, and I've not uh, not seen that. It's a perfectly fine film, and you're right in the almost famous comparison. But I think almost famous has got something to say about the music industry, and in between it are things that are a little bit creepy. This is just for me a, bit, a little bit creepy, and it's not really got a lot to say about anything else. Okay. Um. And and obviously, as you've mentioned, it has been uh, nominated. Has Alana Haim got the nomination? Oh, she's BAFTA. I don't think it's not got any acting. Nom- uh, so it's not got the main two haven't been nominated. I think she's appeared in either Best Actress or Best Supporting in the BAFTAs. Okay, that's interesting. Because I'm sure my little brain has Best leading has actress. It up. Yep. Yeah. Which I mean, she's the leading actress. <laughs> Um, I mean, Bradley Cooper is going for an Oscar in his little Again. cameo, but obviously yeah. hasn't been nominated, yeah. which I think is right because it is... A, There's so many more, it's a, Yeah. In, in other films, it would be People uncredited are... cameos yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I think the biggest disgrace, and I just want to touch upon a film that I saw which hasn't had any Oscar buzz at all, but Mass on Sky Movies. Yes. Um, a very, very different film. This is um, the story of a tragedy that's taken place in the past. And this is the story of two sets of parents meeting up in very different places involved in the tragedy, but coming to get over their grief together. And the film explains itself very slowly, so I'm not going to go very much more into this, but this uh, into what's happened or anything like that. But this is an absolutely stunning piece of work it's bit, it's very much a forehander for the most of the film there's a few people who are around there like in the beginning and end just to sort of bookmark the bookmark the the meeting of the of the two couples but this is an absolute acting masterclass from the four leads um jason isaacs who obviously british almost national treasure he's oh yeah well, i think he is all right um, and we, we've seen him we went to we see, have seen um, him yeah Komodo mayo um did a show at the barbican many yeah. many years ago and jason isaacs was of course the guest yeah and so we went to see him there um absolute treasure as you say just mm. so avuncular and funny and witty and oh great and obviously having real banter with the uh with the other guys so yeah, yeah. Not so much avuncular and witty in this, but no, yeah. No, but, but great. Yeah. I mean, what a range, you know. Uh, Reed Burney, who, he's, he plays the vice president in everything. He played okay. it in <laughs> last season of Succession. Oh, he was the right. vice president. Oh. He was also the vice president in House of Cards. I can understand what he would look like then. Yeah. Mm. Um, absolutely. There is one phrase that he says which absolutely explains that, that couple's situation perfectly and just made me just burst into tears. Um, the the two people who I think really should have been nominated are Andowd, because Andowd's, you know, legend, and yeah. uh, of course she's brilliant. And I'm surprised she hasn't had one just for sort of her work and sort of hereditary and... I'm sure she's nominated again. I know you were talking about Oscars, but I'm sure she's nominated in BAFTA. That could be the case. I'm sure I've seen her. But the person who came 
absolutely out of nowhere for me is Martha Plimpton. Well, I've not seen her in anything really since what, the Goonies. Since the Goonies, yeah. 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 And obviously, yeah. she played Steph in the Goonies. Yeah. And I, I had to stop and just look up what she's been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, she's been doing premium network TV. I'd, I'd call it uh, sort of the, the Good Wife and things yes, like that. Yeah. She sells this so so perfectly, and she probably has the biggest journey from the start to the end of the of, of the film. And at no point do you feel like she is someone who is sort of acting or anything like that. She sells this perfectly. And I think this is just one of the problems with the Oscars is that this is a very small film. It's had a very small release. I only found out about this because it was mentioned on the film cast, uh, formerly the Slash film cast. And it was part of their top 10 films of the year. And um, Jeff Kenyatta got really, really emotional talking about it because I think... Maybe when you are a father, it just absolutely breaks your heart, the, the things that these people are going through. Um, yeah, you're quite right. Anne Dowd has got the best supporting actress. And it's so. it's obviously tough for it to be best supporting actress because it's just four people on screen. Yeah, yeah. And you could argue that they're all leading. Of course. But um, yeah, it's a tough watch. Mm. But I'd really recommend it for anyone to watch it because it is a film about getting over grief rather than a film about... about um, about being grief ridden mm-hmm. um i i love this film i will probably never ever watch it again <laughs> but it is for people at the absolute top of their game acting mm-hmm. and it's it's a shame that this hasn't got the the machine behind it yes. to push for an oscar and I think nomination Isaacs has, has explored that with kermode because obviously they went to school together they're, yeah. they're good mates He's been on Kermode's show, on, you know, the mayor on Kermode, mm. but also um, on the separate shows that Mark Kermode does. He's been on that a lot. He's coming in, he's done real deep dives into the, the process that he went through with Martha Plimpton and the process of getting this to where it is, where, you know, it was an yeah. unknown person who'd written this um, this script and well, no, um, it's actually an actor who's written this script. No, but what I mean is not it's it's not it's, James it, yeah. Cameron. It's not. Do, do you know what I mean? It's not Chris McQuarrie. It's yeah. It's, that's it's, what I mean. It's the geeky is. guy from Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, it, that's what I mean. It's not, and that's when you're saying it doesn't have the machine behind it. That's the problem. Yeah, it doesn't have the machine behind it. And he said that with an absolute wry smile. You know, you could hear that coming through the radio where he's going course it's not going to get any you know it's been he, i mean he said it's got lots of independent awards it's been you know nominated for many awards that we probably wouldn't hear of in the same um vein as the oscars and the baftas yeah um but that's the problem it's not got that that push and that yeah. that the money and like you say that that whole hollywood system behind mm. it but just such a shame isn't yeah it? seriously um if you it's really worth checking out for anyone who has Sky Movies. Um, it's on there just just to watch. So um, yeah, please go ahead with it because, although you know, yeah, but with a great big, dis- yeah. I think a lot of people have been giving out great big disclaimers of you know you've got to prepare yourself for it's, yeah. It's not a happy Sunday afternoon. Stick it on while you're cooking your roast, sort of thing. Is it? Absolutely you know? not. No. Yeah. Should we go into <laughs> Belfast? Go into Belfast. Yeah. Because uh, Belfast, as you say, has been nominated across the board. Could you just go back to where the Branagh's been um, nominated for director? Okay. In, um, I don't think he has a BAFTA, but I think he might have been in Oscar. And I might come back to that. So he's been Oscar nominated for directing, not oh. BAFTA nominated for director. That's what I thought, yeah. 
Belfast an interesting film because it's a really personal film. Branagh it keeps sort of changing his mind, I think, in terms of how you present it because he he says it's autobiographical, but then he says it's not his story. But we are following the pathway of his childhood in that Branagh was born in Belfast in Northern Ireland and he his father worked away in England and when the troubles began um, which very much in his area his family had to make the decision as to whether they would move out of Northern Ireland into England and that in essence is what Belfast is about so when he says oh it's you it's not my story I find that really interesting because when you look up his biography in Wikipedia, like I did, the beats are all there. Okay. This is a film where we are seeing the story through a child's eyes. I think that's really important to say that right at the beginning. I don't think that gives anything away in that we're following the pathway of nine-year-old Buddy. Yes. I'm gonna, I was about to cough and go, <coughs> Ken Branner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're following nine-year-old Buddy and we, we see things uh, not just in terms of the concepts through his eyes, but often the camera follows the street at child view. You don't quite get to see the tops of things and that, that sort of thing. That, that doesn't happen all the time because mm. I think that would drive me mad. But there are moments where you are absolutely being physically placed in, in the child's perspective. But most of the time, I think it's more about the child's view on what is happening happening politically and religiously. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. And I don't quite understand, although I do understand why it's getting so much love. Because, you know, you can pick apart. It's really, really easy to say autobiographical. It's in black and white. You know, we'll throw black and white in there. Um it's uh, it's got that um that element of um of danger in terms of the troubles and it's got that nostalgia and yeah you can see why it ticks a load load of boxes i got an hour in i looked at my watch saw the time and thought really don't know if i you know if i left now would i really be worried okay mm. Are you feeling a little bit kinder towards it? Than, like, I don't hate it. I don't hate it before I say kinder. I don't hate it. I, I liked elements of it, but for the most part, I felt like I was watching an... Oh, God, this sounds awful. But it sounded like I was maybe watching... Every now and again, I was watching a bit of old Coronation Street. Does that make sense to you? I think that's very unfair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for me, I think I'm a lot... I think I'm a lot warmer towards it than you. Um, however, I think there are flaws that are absolutely gaping in this. And it annoys me that it's that close to being an amazing film without going all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I, what do you think in terms of the... What, what no, are you I'll, finding? Talk about, I'll talk about the strengths okay. first. I think this film, it looks like the silver screen. I think the... I think the cinematography on this is beautiful and the I think the black and white shot of this looks like a looks like a it looked like a classic film to me. Um 
you your your face is not I, oh, portraying that you agree with me. No, I I see what you mean. I just felt it was just a set. Every time I looked at the screen, I thought we're we're on a set, and obviously they were because they filmed this during during the height of the pandemic, and so they weren't able to go back to Belfast and use the. I mean, uh, the street that he grew up in now apparently is um is, is bulldozed, um so it no longer exists or only parts of it exist. But you know they weren't able to go back to those sort of authentic terraced houses so they built one and i just felt the entire time i was watching it i was going oh there's you know it's almost it felt a little bit like there's a um there's a historical museum up in the northeast called beamish yeah which sets out like they've got a mason's um like where um what's it called a masonic masonic hall yeah, where the Masons... Oh, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a sweet shop. They've got... From, like, the 1950s. They've got... Do you know what I mean? And they've got whole rows of... You know, you can go and watch someone have some... Make some fudge or something like that. And then, oh, you could go and... um, There's a farm and you can watch someone from the 1800s shoe a horse. And do you know what? It's like pretend oldie-worldy. That's what it felt like to me when I was watching it. I was like, "Oh well, they've they've made a shop at the end of the street, and that's the shopkeeper, and that's the sign for the." But that is what they did. Yeah, I know, but it didn't feel real to me. It all felt like it just felt fake. But is that not just a child's memory of that? Oh, I mean, possibly, <sighs> possibly. The thing that annoyed me about it was the fact that the world springs into colour when he steps into. I see people theater. really seem to like that it, in the reviews. I it, it it seemed a bit gimmicky to me. Mm. I think it can be used. Obviously, there's plenty of instances of a black and white film using colour to, and I, I think it was beautifully used in something like. It's obviously obvious example Schindler's List. Yeah, that it just seems a bit like trivial well, to do it in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, I think, for me, I think it sets up things in the first act that it completely forgets about until the final act. Mm. Um, there is a relationship that just absolutely in the last minute. And if you did not see the little. Oh, not a twist, but the little... There is a plot point that happens at the end. And if you do not see that coming a million miles away, you're not trying. I also have trouble with the the portrayal of the Troubles. I don't think that is... I understand this because I've read reviews of it from people from Northern Ireland speaking about the Empire podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And... They explained what exactly what is going on here. Mm-hmm. If I'd have seen that film, I wouldn't have understood that that was why that house was being targeted. I don't think. Oh, okay. And I, I kind of wanted them to go more into that. Okay. Um. I think, like you say, this is the child's perspective. So children at the time, what they were told was they wanted to get. I mean, there's obviously um violence between um, Protestants and and Catholics at its most ba- basic part, and I think that's what the child takes is. Oh, were they in, in this film? They're saying they want to get the Catholics in the street out, and that's all the child understands is we can't be friends with the Catholics anymore. Yeah, you know. I, I, and I know there's so much more to it that, of course, there is. We've been to Belfast and we've yeah. been on the tours and we've mm. done that, and we understand more than that. And I just, but I the think, child, doesn't. I think, I think the problem with the problem that I have is that the troubles are so recent in my memory Mm. it's only 25 years since the good friday agreement was signed Mm. that i am still very uneasy in the tackling of it for like in the way that something like and the obvious example is hurt and hope and glory the film by john bowman 
which explores his um, experiences in the war, in the in the, in the uh, Second World War, which I... Have you seen that? No, I haven't, no. no. I, there is enough daylight between me and the Second World War that I can watch that just on a pure entertainment like, level. Well, is, is Yeah, yeah. Cinematic. Whereas I think with The Troubles... I still feel that little bit you of oh, yeah. whenever someone yeah. talks about it and references it, mm. and it's it's. I mean, this is still something that lives when you when you go through Belfast. Mm. It is still something that is. It, it's still something well, it's, that's it's, in the air at the of minute. Course it, of yeah, course it is. It's, um, it's their history, you know. Whether, but it, it, it's not so much their history. It's also their current as well. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm what I'm talking about, I'm saying their history because. Yeah. We have to acknowledge our perspective on this. That yes. We have not lived through it. We do not have a, a cultural or family connection Absolutely. to that ex- experience. And so yeah. I feel very uncomfortable with your discomfort because this is his. Yes. As someone who was born in Belfast, who lived in Belfast, this is his representation of that experience, even though he's saying, oh, it's not really me. I, of course it's him. So... Your discomfort, I almost push massively to one side with all respect. No, no, and I'm, I'm uncomfortable experience. talking about it yeah. because it is English explaining. Yeah, of, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, of course, and yeah. That's, that's so. I, I actually, where, whereas I, I see where you're coming from, but I actually give it a massive pass on that one because it's his experience, and therefore. You, I, I respect that is where he comes from. Yeah, that's yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, but, but what I wished Mark was he'd spent a little bit longer, just honing the script, <sighs> honing the. De- There's some weird sound editing that goes on. There's some funny old moments where it almost like goes in and out of um, focus. And I didn't understand what was meant by it. There's a scene at the end that could be seen to be almost like a dream sequence that I didn't yes. know whether it was meant to be or not. I, I, then I've listened to reviews and apparently, you know, and then he as the director said, no, 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 this is, you know, this is... And I just felt it needed a little bit more time. And I don't know whether that, again, is coloured by the fact that I knew that I know from my reading that Branner wrote this incredibly quickly so he I think it was something like he started in March and it was finished in May because Jamie Dornan who is one of the cast we'll talk about the cast in a moment I'm sure Jamie Dornan said oh you know he just he just started it during the one the lockdown and then it was done and because he's Ken Branner and because of the you know we're talking about Hollywood machinery because the Hollywood machinery behind him he just started felt you know that and I'm sure there's more to it than that but that is it's very different to what other filmmakers would have as a as a process. I just think it needed a little bit more time, a few more passes, you know, a few more. So maybe someone to look at the draft and and just say, you know, maybe maybe take another year to 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 get this together. Uh, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think the pacing is very odd. It's so like. Uh, <laughs> It's, I don't want to say it's. Sl- I think the middle. I think the middle section is slow because mm. it doesn't. It's just dad's come home. Oh, you're right. Because the beginning, there's lots of things going on. You're yeah, there's right. loads yeah, going on. And I, I was thinking, I was yeah, looking at my watch when it. he's when when he's like in class mm. and yeah, there's a really entertaining thing about him oh, doing well at class and stuff it. like yeah, that. Yeah, there's lots of lovely comedy. But then there's a middle section which is just his cousin, kind of like. Yeah, being a bit taking him off yeah, the rails, yeah. and his dad, dad comes, comes home. home. Then he's oh not. look, there's a then scary man at the home. end of the street. Oh, but, oh yeah, the, the letters are coming through the door from the tax man. Yeah, all of that. That tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
oh, I forgot about the tax thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is a plot point which I don't believe... I don't believe that is the actions of anyone or the consequences of the actions okay. of anyone. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. That's and what I, I said. Yeah. I said it's fine. But I really wish it was perfect. And I, it's it, it, it's got a lot of flab to it. I mean, Kieran Hines is the one who's got all the acting plaudits on this. Yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful performance. I've seen him live in New York. Yes, you it have. It's very good. Yes, you have. Yes, yes. you have. <laughs> Sorry, good. Just, just put that in there. Good. Yeah, I he's I mean, he is the, the other thing is, right, Mark, he's playing the avuncular granddad. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I, I I'm not sure it's a stretch. I I do think many people can play you know, that role is beautifully written. I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure uh, this is terrible because I feel like I'm taking it away from he's not gonna care. But I'm sure there are many people that could play. I think it perhaps is more in the writing. Um, so is it badly written or well no, written? No, well, like no, you're I just saying. Know. It's, I know, I know, I know, I know. It yeah, can't so be both. No, it can't be both. It can't be both. Well, maybe that particular role I thought was very well written. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that he's getting lots of praise for it. But I just, I don't know whether there's. If it was a different film, if it was a different filmmaker, would that be the case? I think it all comes on the back of this Branner. Zons <laughs> with oh it's a film about Bell it's called Belfast and it's so Oscar worthy and that's what I feel is coming out of it. I mean Judy Dench has been nominated I think for um either supporting actress or I must be supporting in yeah. BAFTA isn't it no, or is it Oscar, it's Oscar yeah. I mean for God's sake I mean seriously let the leave the woman alone is uh, is all this plaudits not just hangover from all their work on Artemis Fowl. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. I mean, that is... I mean, this must be the Honestly. biggest swinging... I mean, like I said, we have reservations about this. Yeah. This must be the biggest swinging in, in quality in directing I mean, from it, one to another. The funniest thing is, it's really stayed with me. It has really stayed with me in this, the scenes of, particularly around the granddad, this, the, the family scenes. I think Jamie Dornan and the mother who... I had never seen before. Can I've... you find her name for me? Yeah, it's Catriona it's... Balfe. Catriona Balfe, that's I it. I don't know if that's how it's necessarily no. pronounced, but yeah. I had it in my mind. I think she does a... There's a, there's a one scene in particular where she has... She always like gives a speech to Jamie Dornan's dad. She's the mum. Yes. Um, about what might happen to them if they move to England that I found so moving and so real. Yeah. So real. Um I thought she did a brilliant job as the the woman that was keeping the house going, that was tending to the children, that was trying to keep her marriage going, that uh, you know, was in the middle of financial difficulties and, you know, um violence in her street and all and all around her. So yes, I thought the performances were were I I wasn't so convinced on Judy Dench. I know that's you know, I'm probably going to be marched off to the Tower of London now. But, I, yeah, I wasn't... I don't know whether it was the accent or just something about it just didn't quite... I think there was a bit, I am acting. Although I, I really liked the scenes with, with Kieran Hines. Um, so, yeah, I thought the child players did a great job. You know, it's a hard thing to be a child actor. I, I think they did, you know, perfectly, perfectly fine. 
it, I just came out of it thinking, that's a three and a half star film. I don't understand why it's had so much praise. But then perhaps, you know, like we've said, we are not from that area. Perhaps if it was a film about like the Northeast or Yorkshire or set in the 90s, we would be all over it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It might be your own personal experience. We know what really happened in Hull in the 90s <laughs> was everyone went to the marina on bank holidays and someone always fell in the water. Yeah, I think it's the same here, you know, just Quayside, Newcastle yeah. Quayside. So, you know, um, probably very similar. I think we've probably exhausted Belfast at this point. If it wins the Oscar, great for the people involved, great for Ken Branner, you yeah. know, lovely. Yeah. Um, I have nothing against it. Yes. But I, I'm sure there are better films out there. But, I mean, you could say that about all, Os- you know, every year at the Oscars. What would you give the Oscar to then? It's so difficult, you know why? Because I've not seen any of the Oscar nominee like the Oscar-nominated films. Would you give it to West Side Story for it? No. Would you give it to? Oh, you've not seen June, have you? No, I haven't seen June. You've literally only seen this. Those yeah, two. I mean, yeah, yeah, those yeah, yeah. two. I, I wouldn't. I. I'd like to catch up on Coda uh, before okay. the Oscars. I mean, I'm going to catch up with everything as uh, probably as best I can. I can't remember what I've really loved as a film in the of the past year. I'd have to go back through the podcasts and see what actually stayed with me. Because obviously. Um, Palm Springs was a year before film. Yeah, I mean, I loved yeah. Val, but sadly that did not documentary make it on any no- nomination. Best documentary. I know. It hasn't made it, has it, sadly? I don't think so. No, no I haven't no. seen it. I would have been all over that. Although that um, Summer of Soul that you um, absolutely loved and you've talked about on the pod over and over again, and it was in your um, top ten as well, that yeah. has um, been nominated for Best Documentary. It so, has. It um, has. That was brilliant. I was pleased for you, actually. I think... Because I know oh, you like it, and it'll get people to watch it. It's between that or Flea, by the sounds of it. Okay. Flea's the first film. It's been nominated for Best Animated Film, Best Foreign Language Film, okay. and Best Documentary. Okay, fine. Which is quite a quite a quite quite an achievement. Where, when are the Oscars? Twenty uh, seventh of March. Oh, okay, not not that long then. Not that long. Will we be staying up? No, no, no. <laughs> Do you remember the night we stayed up for the Oscars? I remember you falling asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I stepped up. Yeah, that was. I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't think we can get away it's, with that. It's now. not going to happen now, is it? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I might be up in the middle of the night anyway. Oh, well, I will be up in the middle. I mean, what am I saying? I might be. We will be up in the middle of the night anyway. So I might just, you know, turn the turn the telly on <laughs> like <laughs> two in the morning. Watch people in their dresses coming down the uh, the red carpet, and I'll be thinking about how glamorous their life is and how not glamorous mine is. I just hope that they don't mess it up again. Oh no! Please, please do. <laughs> I mean, that gave it something to uh, something to give it a bit of a boost. You know, it's a little bit boring. Oh, do you remember last year when it was just um, people in a small room, and there was some very odd sort of. Wasn't there some sort of walking around the room with a camera and it had been... I didn't see any of it. I didn't see any of it at all. I know you watched a bit of it. Yeah, a famous director like directed it and this is how much it stayed with me that I cannot remember. Um, And and Regina King sort of opening it, not really being the host, but kind of being the host and waving at people in the audience that, that like their mates and yeah it was it was all very bizarre but yeah um this year who knows what will occur uh, we will we will probably not know 
Yes, we won't. Until the morning. No, we, we won't know on the night anyway. <laughs> right, end of, a, of another main show. Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. If you would like to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, we are at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you would like to leave us a review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us a star rating on Spotify. And we've had some lovely reviews recently, so thank you to everyone who's um, reviewed us of late. We had a quick look the other day and we had some new reviews and we were very excited and <laughs> yes. they, were, they were really lovely. So thank you everyone who has um, taken the time to, to send us a review. That'd be brilliant. Thank you. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. is raining but inside is wet.